0: And welcome to the first proper episode of the Rafaz podcast. I'm Sarah Bridgman and I'm the one who started Rafaz. It's a open mic, new material, new comedian, comedy night. I think of it as a comedy club for comedians, uh, for people to come locally. It's a safe space for people to do whatever they want. Uh, generally, new acts get five minutes. Uh, but if you're a bit more experienced, you get a little bit more. Uh, But the whole idea behind it was as a safe space for comedians or for anyone to come and perform comedy. If you heard in my trailer, you would have heard me saying, I really believe that comedy is a great way to um, express yourself. Um, in much of the same way that, you know, some people like to go acting, go acting. (laughs) Some people like acting, some people like poetry, some people like, you know, writing music. I just think, you know, why, why should comedy be any different? We're not all expecting to be Bono or, um, you know, the Spice Girls. (laughs) But, uh, but, you know, some people go to music open nights, don't they? But for some reason with comedy, um... I think it's a has been a bit of a, not a stigma exactly, but a bit of a thing attached to it where it's felt very much like, oh no, you know, that's for people who really want to be the next big thing in comedy. And it, and it really isn't. I don't think so anyway. Uh, in, in Rafaz, uh, we're based in Swansea and we we'll, we have had a night in Cardiff and we're going to restart a night in Cardiff soon, I think. Uh, so we're South Wales based. Um, and lots of different people do comedy. But what I find as well is because we were very much, um, aimed at people who are starting out. I get asked a lot of questions and, um, and I've also put on, um, a sofa to stand up comedy course, which originally was to encourage more female acts more than anything. It was open to any gender, but it was mainly for female acts because at that time, this is about eight years ago, I was the only one in Swansea, doing it that I was aware of at my at my level is like an open open uh, act and uh, open mica as it's known. So I developed a course because I'm a, a trainer and I'm a teacher by day uh to encourage more female comedians uh we, we like i say we had both genders and now like a few years later we got lots of, of female acts locally which is brilliant um and and now i don't don't really see it as an issue locally anyway uh obviously it is more <laughs> further afield but um but anyway so what i thought i'd do with this raphas podcast is this is aimed at anybody who would like to give comedy a go so this is aimed at um, anyone that, you know, there's there's lots of advice online, but you've got to kind of trawl your way through it. Uh, so this is, if you were coming on my sofa to stand up course, this is what we covered. Um, so the first episode, so that's this episode, I'm going to cover um, an overview of lots of different types of comedy, the different levels of comedy, uh, the different comedy styles, and I'll set you a little bit of homework for next time. So you should be listening to this if either you've just started comedy and you want to hear another point of view of how to get going, or you've never done comedy and you really want to give it a go. Uh, so that's who this is aimed at. And, and anyone, you know, if you're just like, oh, I like listening to podcasts, welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> you're welcome. Nice to, to, to have you on board, as it were. So comedy, what is it? Right, well, comedy, it's its like Live at the Apollo, isn't it? Or it's that TV sitcom. Or it's when my mates tell me a joke. Well, yeah, it is. It's all comedy. There's lots of different comedy styles. And I'm always surprised by how many, uh, when I do the courses, like people don't think of it that way at all. Um, when comedy is advertised, it's like, hey, come to this comedy night. You know, it's rare that, um, you know, that they'll say, oh, come to an absurdist comedy night or come to a sketch comedy night or you know, this is a comedy podcast or here's a sitcom. But there, there are lots of different genres of stand of, of comedy. It's not necessarily just stand-up. But this podcast uh, is taking the view that you're interested in stand-up comedy, which is mainly one person and a mic standing up at a live club or on TV. So with stand-up, there's still lots of different genres. There are one-liner comedians like Tim Vine or Gary Delaney, There's observational comedians like Sarah Millican and Peter Kay or absurdist comedians like Tony Law and Eddie Izzard and lots more besides. You don't need to worry about it for now, but at some point you will need to be thinking about what your style is. Um, If your only source of comedy so far has been the TV, now is the time to look out for your local live gigs. There's purpose built venues like the Glee Club or the Stand or the Comedy Store. But locally, there'll also be pop-up comedy nights at a local pub, Um, or any venue. There's art centres, there's theatres, but I'd recommend, you know, a local pub or something similar, Um, because if you look out for one of these nights, they'll have a good mix of acts. Some will have been going for a while, and there'll also be newer acts that have maybe only done a few gigs, And if you've only ever watched comedy on TV, you know, that is the top level of comedy. And you might, no wonder you'd be thinking, oh my God, I could never do that. I've always, I like writing comedy or I like, you know, people say I'm funny, but oh my God, I could never do what they do on TV. Yeah, and you know what, for a lot of people, you're right. But anyone, there's lots of these open mic nights that anyone could get up and have a go at. Um, it's not difficult to find them. They'll be on Facebook as an event, or you can check out your local listings. Uh, I'm in Swansea, and we've got uh, like a local What's On paper. We've got Wales Online. Um, you know, there's you you know where to find stuff. <laughs> or you could like ask your local pub. Have they got a comedy night on? They might have a monthly one that you were never aware of. You've also got festivals to look out for, like, I don't know, if anyone is going to Greenman Festival, there's always a comedy, there's a huge comedy tent there. And uh, Greenman Festival, which is in Wales in August, you know, I've been tempted to buy a ticket just for the comedy. It's always a really good tent there. Um, you've got the Machuntlet Comedy Festival, uh, that's just gone, that's always the first weekend in May um you've got the biggest comedy festival in the world is edinburgh or one of the biggest the edinburgh fringe festival that's for the whole of august um and you've also got like we've got locally we've got the neath comedy festivals coming up in june um and um, we've just had one in Merthyr uh, and we've got one coming up um, as part of a bigger festival in October with the Swansea Fringe Festival. So there's, there's loads of festivals around, um, but, you know, you get usually a monthly night at a local pub as well. Now, again, you're going to have different levels. So if you go in to pay, I don't know, say between 5 and £8 and it's a local upstairs at a local pub, That's probably a fairly decent level of comedy. For that, you've probably got someone who's been going a little while that's been the first act, and your headliner is someone who's probably quite experienced. They'll both have longer sets. And then in the middle, you've got two newer acts, and they're doing shorter sets each. They'll probably be doing about 10 minutes each. So you might have one person in the middle doing about 15 minutes. Okay, so the, the local nights can be cheaper. If you're, um, if it's a free comedy night, um, or you're only paying three pounds or so, um, chances are it's a new material, new act night, uh, where the, the people on stage are not experienced at all and they've, they've only done a handful of gigs so they've been going less than a year. Um, now these are the nights that I'd recommend going to see as well as the, the other types of nights because if you're interested in performing stand up yourself, You know, you can see what is happening on stage. Live comedy is really different to TV or on a Netflix special. Most acts at a new material night, they're less experienced. So generally, it's a lot less polished. And you can see the kind of level that new acts are performing at, which can be really encouraging. (laughs) You might watch a new act and go, "Uh, I think I could do that, actually. Or I could do something maybe <laughs> or you can think oh my god they're really good but oh yeah i reckon that is something i could get see myself doing much more so than i don't know say jack d on tv or something so if you've never been to a comedy night your first bit of homework is to find out where they are and go and watch one or two and even if you have been going to your comedy nights now that you're thinking of actually performing comedy um the next time you go have a little watch and think okay well you know did they make me laugh what was it about their act that made you laugh um did they not make you laugh what was it about the act that didn't make you laugh um if you're living somewhere where it's really difficult to get to a comedy a live comedy night your next best option really is go to youtube you're going to find loads of five minute sets there from newer acts um so if you go into the youtube and search five minute comedy you're going to find lots of new apps doing five minutes and because once you get to a certain point where you're trying to get gigs from promoters a lot of promoters will want to see a video and you have to make it public really you can make it unlisted but i've had problems with sending an unlisted video um where the promoter's gone i can't quite see what's happening and it's only worked if i've made it unlisted um but there's also clubs out there that will record um, people doing their sets and put them on youtube as a way to advertise the club so hot water comedy that are based in liverpool do this so it's worth going on and watching some of the sets And again, you know, what type of comedy are they doing? Do you like it? If you did, why did you like it? If you didn't, why not? And the reason for this is because you're soon going to be performing comedy for yourself. So this is where we're starting to look at our analytical mind. Your first set, I really wouldn't recommend doing any longer than five minutes. This is around 10 to 14 jokes if they're one-liners. Ooh, so how does that make you feel? Are you raring to go? Are you like, oh my God, yeah, get me to that stage. I can't wait. Are you terrified? Are you like, oh, no, 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 I don't, don't even want to think about it. Is this somewhere in between? Okay, have a think about it. Well, your next bit of homework is to imagine that you have actually written your five minutes of stand up and you're about to go on stage. Think how it's going to feel. You're prepared. You're ready to go. You walk towards the mic. You pick it up. You say you're set. The crowd laugh in all the right places. They applaud. And at the end, you come off stage and it's gone well. Think of it in those terms. And try to think of it maybe once every day, if you can. Because pretty soon, you're going to be booking your first ever spot. I know, it, it, it can feel really scary. But you're going to um because if you're ever being a bit like oh I quite fancy giving comedy a go just accept at some point you're going to do it so you might as well work towards it I first wanted to do comedy when I was 19 years old and then I ended up actually doing comedy for the first time when I was 35 <laughs> the first com- I actually put on a comedy night <laughs> I was a bit bossy uh with a group of students uh they were drama students and um I was like, hey guys, we're going to put on a comedy night. And it was in the Swansea Grand Theatre Cafe Bar on a Saturday lunchtime. <laughs> it did not go well. Uh, and I emceed it with a clipboard. <laughs> I just, it was the worst. I came on and went, okay guys, we're having comedy now. Uh, here's your first act. <laughs> it's probably the worst. I think some of those kids are still getting counseling for that. So if any of you are listening, I do apologize. Um, but yeah, I was 19 and, and I loved comedy, I watched live comedy all the time, um, but could never, didn't feel like for the first couple of years of watching it, I was like, oh, I can't imagine myself ever doing it. I don't think I, you know, I did see one woman, I think, live performing it. Um, but That really wasn't a consideration, it was more like, oh my God, I can't imagine doing it. We didn't have internet back in those days. Um, uh and, yeah, I didn't have the guts. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, you get to a point in life where you're like, oh, right, we all know we don't live for very long. Um, might as well crack on and do it, isn't it? So, yeah, so if you're thinking, so so those are your two bits of homework for this week is to think about um, going to see some actual live stand-up, um, go and see some local stand-up that's either free entry or it's a new material night, and, um, and as well as if you can and you can afford it, maybe go and see a pro comedy like like the Glee Club just to see what the difference is. The more that you pay for comedy in general, the more guaranteed it is that you're going to laugh. That That's the reasoning behind it, really, that they're. You're paying because those people are brilliant. They're good at what they do. And even an overnight success takes about 10 years. <laughs> like, I've noticed James A. Acaster, they're saying that, oh, he's, you know, I saw um, an article today written about, I think it was the 30 stand-ups he should see. And uh, in that article, it was saying, oh, James Acaster, oh, he's pretty much, he's a newer act and he's like an overnight success. And I'm like, well, that's such a bullshit because uh, I remember seeing him at a local club opening 10 years ago, so you know, he's a really good actor that's been going around for years. (laughs) So, yeah, so that's another thing with comedy is, you know, don't believe the hype as such, as it were. Whatever they're saying, chances are, you know, this person has honed their material, they've been around for years. You know, it's it's rare, it's rarer than hen's teeth that someone just gets on stage and can do it. It's just, that is the myth. You have to plan and prep and plan what you're going to write and plan how you're going to do it. Another myth, I think, is people that say, oh, you have to have funny bones. Um, I've met a lot of acts that off stage and miserable beggars, but they, you know, they've worked on their material, they've worked on their, on their stuff. I had a chat with Simon Emanuel. Uh, we talk a bit about what got him into comedy and his thought process before starting to perform. We first met around 10 years ago when we started out together at the Garage Comedy Club. And we talk a bit more about that in the second episode. So Simon is, he's a really physical, one-liner style comedian. He's quite quirky and he's high energy and he's really good. So you should check him out where you can. So hello, and I am talking to Simon Emanuel. Hello. Hello. Uh, So Simon, um, to start off with... Um, can you tell me a little bit about like when you started doing stand well before you started doing stand up? When did you start thinking about that you'd quite like to do comedy?
1: For me, it's been it's almost been a lifelong thing. I remember being a really young kid and watching um, the old sort of uh, black and white uh, Norman Wisdom, Charlie Chaplin, things like that. Um, there was one uh, uh, Norman Wisdom and Bruce said at the London Palladium. I remember watching with my mum. Oh yeah, and. Um, God knows how young I was then, uh, yeah. but they did the whole show because all the other acts were on strike. Um, yeah. So I've always wanted to do it. there's always been something in me that's looked at that and thought that looks fun, mm. and also it looks better than any other job I could imagine doing. Right, yeah.
0: yeah. So you were quite young when you were thinking that, or yeah. just seeing Charlie Chaplin type stuff. I, I just, humor?
1: yeah, I, I love I love being made laugh, mm-hmm. and then when I discovered how to make other people laugh, I I realised I enjoyed that as well, and that, that was I was I was a class clown in. <laughs> Street, like so, yeah. like, yeah. So, it has been a like sort of lifelong yeah. ambition, at least. Like, yeah,
0: yeah. So, how what kind of age were you really starting to think about? Oh, actually, maybe I could actually perform and do a set.
1: Um, I would say it was between the ages of 13. Um, onwards when the old uh, well, I might have been a bit later when they started showing on Paramount a TV late at night the old Jonglers, uh live oh, and yeah. the, the Comedy Store live, uh-huh. and you had the the brilliant acts like with Middleton Jones who, was one of them who, who was lucky enough to sort of meet years later on. Um, yeah and just yeah just watching that and, and and thinking like I'd always had a comedy brain and watching yeah. that and, and almost writing jokes myself and thinking I I could have a go at this and yeah, yeah. It, was, it was from then and then I went uh, f- straight from school into performing arts college and just thought oh, I'm going to do it right
0: so when was when did you do your first stand up set
1: well my first stand up set officially um was when I was 17 years old mm-hmm. when it was part of a, a college project when we had to do something in the public mm-hmm. I chose to do stand-up I did an extended set uh, I can't remember how long it was yeah um I got a booking off the back of it and then died on my ass in <laughs> <and> that booking <laughs> after because uh, I wasn't ready and then I, I did all the traveling and stuff so it wasn't till 2008 that I came back to it right
0: so going to before the college thing um, yeah Um, so it sounds like you've always been really confident and very much like. do, do you have any doubts at all about stand up or like why stand up in particular why not writing why not sitcoms why not
1: other types of comedy it, it genuinely just comes down to the performance side of it uh-huh. I, I love I love performing and mm-hmm. when when I was performing in things like uh, panthos when I was in college uh-huh. I realised I don't enjoy performing in groups right. I like if, if, I, if I've got the stage I like I'm the stage to myself I like the being in I'm a bit of a control freak I like to be in control right. of everything and get, get all the laughs when I want them so that's what it was I find it difficult to perform with other people
0: right okay so yeah. um, so when who would you say was your first stand up because like Charlie Chaplin, people like that, they're quite physical. Yeah. I know you're watching the TV programmes on Paramount yeah. and the late-night stuff. So were there any actual stand-up people that were influences on you?
1: Oh, my, yeah. But I've always said for years that my, my biggest influence was Lee Evans of all time. Just, right. Just, just because he was the first comedian that I remember... Being massive, and, and sort of, I see some do arena tours. I was able to buy his DVD and sort of H- HMV and his phys- physicality and, and the, the observations. Uh, he was the first comedian I, I remember making simple things really, really funny. Yeah, uh, and I'd spent so long thinking you have to be like really clever and write really clever jokes. I'm like, oh, hang on, oh, he's talking about like his nan making a cup of tea and this is really funny. And I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, I can have a go at this. Ah, so he
0: was watching that, and the fact that he was making it really relatable, yeah, yeah, of course, and yeah, something that you thought, oh, actually, I could do that because because it was so relatable. Yeah, it course. wasn't about politics or pie no, in the sky step it's no no very... it
1: was I, I, I'm, I'm a massive fan of I know like obviously some people like to do sort of political comedy and things like that but I think if an audience turns up they turn up to be made laugh and not educated right. so so I'm a big fan of get up there and be as silly as possible and that's right. the sort of comedy I like as well
0: right cool yeah that's interesting because you're definitely a very physical comedian yeah. now um, but yeah so I'm talking more about um, still about pr- pre you know, your course yeah. So um so for your first ever stand up yeah. gig Yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like you were just super confident, didn't have any doubt, you kinda knew that you were making people laugh. Um
1: yeah, so, so the, f- the first one I did, it was blessed, because I was in performing arts college anyway, so I would mm. say 90% of the crowd were people that already knew me from performing arts, and they knew, they, they yeah. knew that I would like, like a mess around, so I, I had that easy. The second gig was awful, because it was in front of a proper audience, and then...
0: So, it, hang on, before we go on then, yeah. then, so what made that different to the one in front of the... Was it literally oh, just because...
1: Naivety. It was, right. It, it, was, <laughs> it was me taking a booking for an hour... Right. After just doing maybe twenty-five <laughs> minutes, twenty-two minutes like yeah. that, and obviously twenty-two minutes in front of people I knew, yeah. talking about stuff that I know about, and then you're in a you're in a pub in front of like fifty-year-old men <laughs> <laughs> trying to do an hour. They're, 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 they're there for the bingo, not you. And it was oh, I was awful. And oh, I, no. I did I did maybe seven minutes and came off, <laughs> and it, it put me off for years.
0: <laughs> oh no, did it? Yeah, yeah. Because I've heard that story quite a lot from a few different people. Yeah. There's, um Mike, I think from Bragent. Sorry, Mike soundtrack new you but I remember him saying to me on my first ever gig was like you know this this guy wanted somebody to perform and he's like yeah I reckon I could do that yeah, yeah. And, and did like in like 40 minutes he said yeah. oh I'm okay but he did it by the he knows he did it by the seat of his pants so it's really good that you kind of because maybe there's people who were like oh because you know over the years with Rafaz yeah there's a lot of people that go oh I reckon you know like I reckon I could do that I I think it was literally recently we had somebody in um in Rafaz and he'd watched some of the acts and he was just like oh yeah can I go up now and it was like half past nine and I'm like no (laughs) because he he just turned up off the street. if he planned or prepped I wouldn't yeah. know about it I don't think he did I think a lot of people just think oh yeah I just I can just get up and do it off the top of my head
1: yeah I think that's a beautiful thing though I I, I think that's yeah. a sign of, of, of a good stand-up if you if you make the audience believe that that it's that easy yes. and it's, it's off the top of your head yeah um, I, I personally think that everyone at some point in their career will take a gig that they're not ready for yeah and I don't discourage it I I, I yeah. say take that gig yeah. Die in your ass and learn from it I mean, because it's, just, it's the best way to to yeah. know your place and realize how good you are at that time.
0: Yeah. So if you had your t- so that was so brilliant first gig because college or the rest. Yeah, of it, yeah. and, and I suppose first performance. I I find quite often the first performance is like the best of course yeah I think for a lot of people that's the one that gets people hooked in well it's like
1: it's like the first time you get drunk you know you never recreate (laughs) that the the, 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 amount of endorphins and stuff you you, and the adrenaline you have from your first gig you you will never recreate that and I I think that's why we're all hooked in it because we're just chasing that hit again yeah it's
0: a drug yeah yeah Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, let's not get depressed. But <laughs> <well>. <laughs> so, um, okay, well, I'm going to stop us there because then um, what mm. I want to do is is talk again about our future. So we've we're at the point where we've we've done our first gig. Yeah, uh, we've done our second last gig. But what I'd like to know, actually, we could answer this now. What I'd like to know is, so what was what about your third gig? Was that years later after you done travel? Well,
1: the third the, the, the third gig would have been at the club where I met you at the oh uh, Garbage and Uplands. Yeah, yeah. So okay. in 2000 and, not two thousand and eight, I mean I believe it was, maybe two thousand and nine and that was coming like just coming back into it after being away for a while and so jumping how many on stage. Years
0: after that, um that first game was
1: that? This college, was college? It about about six, six years? Six, seven years, yeah. Yeah, oh my yeah.
0: gosh. Well, let's talk a little bit about The Garage then. Okay. Um, because I would argue that that's really where you started comedy, really. I, I, yeah, you, you wouldn't
1: be You wouldn't be wrong. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I dabbled before, but the, the Garage is where I learnt my trade. Mm. Um, I learnt what was funny, what wasn't funny, what I was allowed to say, what I wasn't allowed to say, how to deal with audiences. Yeah. Because we were, you know, it was, it was a bear pit some weeks from there. Yeah. And every week we had to have a new five minutes, so it took yeah. me discipline to write as well yeah um, so yeah it was uh, like a uh, you know regardless of 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 the politics and things that went on there it was a blessing in disguise the garage and it was nice that we all it was a group of us that all started together. there
0: yes so for obviously people listening aren't going to know this but Mm -hmm. the garage is quite special to us isn't it yeah yeah so this is a club that was around 2000 it was 10 years ago so around 2009 yeah I'd um, just done my first gig Mm -hmm. and it was like trying to get my second gig it was a nightmare because I I think I know I could have got drones because drones were still going then in Cardiff but it was like a three month wait yeah, and then yeah. I, I think I um, i had done the garage by then but it was it's literally you do your first gig I was really lucky because my first gig was for Caroline Berry yeah. Yeah. and I did it on the first she had a new night on the Wednesday night I think it was in Cardiff mm-hmm. and then the second night was the usual mad dog comedy so I had two gigs back to back but I kind of think of them as the first gig Yeah, the one in Cardiff I just all I remember was like rubbing my hands for like three hours beforehand didn't stop me eating but I was like super super
1: I, 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 love that, I love that you start your career by doubling up.
0: <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Bridgman starts by doubling up.
0: <laughs> Two gigs in my first uh, week. <laughs> yeah, and then that was it for months. So yeah. no, no gigs. So, yeah. <laughs> but luckily, I think, literally, the February after, so that was December yeah. 2009, or 2008, oh, yeah. actually, mm-hmm. December, then oh, 2000, February 2009, it was Paul Dennis um, messaged me and said oh sir there's a uh, because we because actually for, for me you know I wanted to do comedy when I was 19 yeah. and then didn't have the guts to do it and then midlife crisis age of 34 I started talking to Paul Dennis who mm-hmm. was doing uh, he was living in Bays and doing gigs all over yeah. and I spent a year talking to him and going alright uh, I, I, I could be your manager <laughs> I could help yeah. you with your comedy not that he absolutely needs yeah, it at yeah, all yeah. and in the end it took me a year to realise s- that actually s- I want to do it except yeah. doing stand-up. <laughs> I'll make you tea <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, yeah. typical procrastinator yeah then yeah. he said about The Garage now The Garage was a weekly gig mm-hmm. it was run by a guy called Paul Allen legend legend yeah. who in uh, in Swansea tombs he was a legend because he did the song the mosh song oh mosh yeah and uh, so it was like a bit of a little underground hit and um, yeah and he and it was like you say it was a weekly gig we didn't know we were so green we? we had mm-hmm. no idea at the time that yeah. he was basically paid on bar percentage yeah, he? Yeah, yeah so he was like I got to get as much people in as possible and to stay for him to get a percentage of the bar. Yeah, and he was he was doing that. We didn't realise that. Yeah, yeah. he was every week. He's going, oh, if anyone wants to do it, come on up, do a do a spot. Yeah, and that's when I did. I was like, oh, I'll, I'll give that a go. So I went up and talked to him and did my first, my first spot there as well. Yeah oh my I can't believe we did it actually we just didn't have a clue did we no
1: it, it was bomb but it was good it was a good learning curve yeah, yeah and, and it, it, a, week, a weekly gig and always packed yes. as well never quite. there always
0: did a spot I, yeah. I, I used I looked at it and went I'm doing mine once a month. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even a nice man I wanted to Uh And it was, we were so lucky because every single week there were about at least 12, 20 yeah. people. We suddenly became this band of brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. this group of people who yeah. are bound together by this really intense thing. Yeah. Uh, and it was terrifying enough to go up in front of all the local uni students. Yeah, yeah. So um how did you prepare for your gigs there?
1: For, for, my, for my first gig yeah. in the garage, yeah. Um, <laughs> I... Uh, got really scared for a while I I, I, sat, I sat down wrote the set which I thought was funny I remember writing with uh, with Stefan Pedrick actually at the time because he did his first gig on the same day Yeah. Um, and then for some reason we went to the venue stupidly early to yeah. check it out and stand on the stage as if that was going to make <laughs> any difference
0: I would recommend that though oh, would you? I do recommend that because I think the more you prep and plan yeah. the less um, sort of your brain is thinking oh what's going to happen what's going to happen yeah, you yeah. kind of know what's going to happen and if you can walk it through beforehand, yeah, from a psychological
1: point of view, that, that can be really well, useful. That, that is true. You're you, you about athletes sort of visualizing a run before they yes. make it and things like that. Yeah, um, I, I, I used to, and I still do now. If it's new material that I'm unsure of, um, I'll. I'll Walk and talk in front of a mirror in my house,
0: right? And, and
1: I'll just speak it out loud. And I used yeah. to, I used to rent a little dance studio. And when I was doing the physical stuff, I used to do it all in the big dance mirror. Yeah, yeah. So it's um, yeah. So that sort of preparation is 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 a godsend, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. And how did you find your gigs at the garage? Went as a result of prepping.
1: Um, much better when I prepped. I, yes. I, I did go up once with, with no material of, at all and thought I could do that whole thing of, oh, I'll just be random and it yeah. happen. And I was just not good enough at that yeah. time to do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it was good. And, and the gap, but I was getting away with some awful stuff at the garage, like some awful <laughs> material. And uh, it was. Some of it was a little bit, like, un-PC. Looking back now, I'm like, oh, God, why did I think that was funny? But it's part of the learning process, you know? Everyone starts and they're a little bit raw and you you, you learn the ropes as you go along.
0: Yeah, we get an awful lot of early people, like... (laughs) It's usually guys, usually blokes, but they're the ones that do pedo jokes Mm. or rape jokes and what have you. And I'm like... I won't. Uh, I don't want to censor anyone. But I don't know how many times you have to say to people, "Look, don't don't fall into that trap." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, your mates are gonna say that they think it's funny because yeah. they want to support you. Yeah, yeah. I just think, all right, would I want? You know, I mean if I'm like they need to go I think people need to go to a proper comedy club and yes. see what the pros do yeah yeah uh, but it'll, it'll but correct it'll,
1: itself as well yes. be because what will happen is you even, even if you say to them look this isn't uh, good which I, I've got no right to say that because that's the sort of stuff I was doing when I started anyway mm. um, but eventually they will gig outside their comfort blanket where mm. their friends won't be there and they'll mm. do a club and there'll be people of a different age and a different class there and, and that sort of stuff will not yeah. go down And but that's what you need you need you need to fall hard to to, to sort of recover and, and become better you know
0: yeah so learn learn by a fiery pit of flames, yeah, sometimes yeah, <laughs> in a yeah. safe space, and
1: that's yeah. what Rafaz is really, Yeah, it's nice. It? It's a beautiful gig, Rafaz
0: Oh, thank you. So, um, so yeah, so okay. So oh. we'll wrap it up there a little minute. So, what advice would you give to uh, someone who is thinking of doing comedy? They've never actually got on stage. What would you say is the best bit of advice you could give to that person?
1: Uh, uh, the first bit of advice is just do it. I think mean, the longer you think about it. Uh, the less chance that you're you're actually gonna do it. I mean, I, I've got a friend who's been saying for nearly twelve years now that that he wanted to do it even mm-hmm. before I'd started, like yeah, properly. Oh and he lives in he's Australia still hasn't done it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I would j- just do it. Um, I, I would say like maybe for all oh, depending on what your what your sort of style is. Just make sure you have in your five minutes you have at least four sort of good banker sort of big laugh jokes because. Yeah. That's first time getting those those sort of laughs. will, will get you hooked for for, for yeah. the rest of it. I'd always recommend anyone to just just jump up and do it. Yeah, I, I would recommend listening to the right people. Um, there are a lot of people who are worth listening to. People mm-hmm. who have uh, done do you the mean time on the
0: local scene or like people. J- just
1: in general, you see right. it in comedy a lot is, is a lot of um, a lot of false prophets. Right. A lot of people who are full to the brim. Of advice, but they've never actually done anything themselves. Right. So you know, if you if you get an advice of someone, make sure they've done a pro gig. Because there's a lot of people that have been around for years and years, never yes. done a pro gig, they'll give everyone advice. It's like without well, can you give advice if you can't if you can't do it yourself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, to take advice of the people that have done it and yeah. anyone else's opinion doesn't doesn't matter you've got to do what you gotta do like.
0: Yeah I agree. And I would say as well in terms of just just from literally you're on your sofa to getting on stage. Yeah. You let all you have to do really it, all you have to do <laughs> is is just write like ten I'd say ten to fifteen jokes. Yeah, yeah. At that stage, you don't know. You you think they're going to be funny, but you, you've no idea if they're yeah, going to be yeah, bankable. Yeah. But you, you think they're funny. Yeah. You memorise those, you get on stage, you do them. That's all you do for people mm-hmm. is gig. And like, yeah. that's why I'm like, people will be like, oh, I'm thinking about it. If I had my time again, I really wish I'd done it when I was 19. Well, I yeah. wanted to yeah, do it. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think about but, that. Like, I mean, yeah. there's lots of excuses. Like back then, generally, there was only comedy in London. Yeah, yeah. There was no internet. You know, when I was nineteen—not when you were nineteen—but mm. when I was nineteen, there was no internet. It was—I can excuse this galore, but um, yeah, the early start—you're either going to enjoy it or you're not. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, your first gig—it's exciting, mm. but did it, it? It's just getting it out of the way. Do, do
1: you know you what? Do you a really good bit of advice as well? I can't mm. remember who gave it to me uh, when I first started, um, but they said that don't do comedy to look cool. Said, so don't be yeah. afraid to make a complete fool of yourself up there mm-hmm. because essentially that's what you are. You're, you're a jester, right? You're up there yeah. to, uh, make, to be made a fool out of. So if you can write material yeah. which is self-deprecating and, and you are the butt of the joke, that's going to go down a lot better than if you're making jokes about a certain group of people or a certain type of person.
0: so yeah so that that's it for this episode uh we've gone over um the different styles of comedy and where you can go and see comedy we've got a bit of your your homework to do so come back for next time where we're going to get more into the nuts and bolts of of what is comedy what is um a joke uh, and how would do i go about writing one okay thanks bye